0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So we continue our equipped series today, and uh, these verses on the screen now are our theme verses for the entire series, and I'd ask you to join me in reading those. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. This is God's word for us today. You may be seated. So today, as as we continue our Equipped series, uh, working through our epistle readings from St. Paul's letter to the young pastor, Timothy, uh, we find ourselves in week three. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Bender started us off by talking about how we are equipped with power— to share in suffering. Last week, Pastor Kaiser talked about how we are equipped with grace to remain faithful. Today, we move on to chapter three of Paul's letter and a little bit of chapter four. And uh, we find that Paul teaches us there that we are equipped with scripture to proclaim the gospel. Now, as we examine this, I'd invite you uh, perhaps to turn with me to that text. So, 2 Timothy chapter three, starting at verse 14. You can grab a a Bible in front of you or look it up on your phone or however you prefer to do that. As we look at this text together, we'll be considering three key points, uh, which you can also find in your sermon outline. What scripture is, what scripture does, and then what we do as a result of that. When I was going to seminary, I had a student job Uh, The whole time I was there in the library, in the last couple of years, um, I had the chance to take care of the rare book room. Now, the rare book room was was locked and was not accessible to the general public. We had uh, a lot of scholars from around the world that would come and and look at the various volumes in that room, and when they were done, it was my job to go in and, and put everything back where it was supposed to go. So as part of that experience, I got to see a lot of really cool things. Um, There was an edition, actually a few of them, um, of the Augsburg Confession from 1530, the year that it was written. There was a whole shelf of of books of Concord from 1580, also first edition. A couple of times I even got to look at Johann Sebastian Bach's personal Bible uh, that's housed there at the seminary now. It was actually a family from Frankenmuth that donated that Bible to the seminary back in 1938. But with all of the the really neat things I got to see and and touch and and move around, the best by far in my mind was was this one book from the mid-1500s that featured one-page summaries of the life of prominent figures of the day. And the reason this book was so special is because the owner of this book, had traveled all around, around Europe, uh, finding the people in this book, and having them put in a handwritten note or signature, or if they weren't around anymore, uh, maybe a fragment of their writing, if he could find it. And so every time I would go up to the rare book room, I would, I would get to see all sorts of neat things and see what what had been used recently. But pretty much every time, I would end my visits by going and grabbing this book and and paging through it, it had personal notes from several really big historic names, including a fragment of a handwritten letter from Martin Luther himself. The way my supervisor at the library put it, if I were to scratch the page, I would get Luther's DNA under my fingernails. And I won't say whether or not I ever tried that. There were many amazing books in the rare book room. Not, not to mention. It, the 250,000 volumes in the rest of the library, but for me, this one book stood out far above them all. So keep this in mind as we begin now by talking about what scripture is. Now the word scripture actually comes from the Latin word for writing. And also, in a similar way, the word Bible simply comes from the Greek word meaning book, So when we're talking about Scripture, in the first place, we're simply talking about something that's been written down. Something that's been written down for us, for our benefit. God's message and man's words, which is also God's word. So the Bible is a book, but a very rare and special book. The book. Because here in 2 Timothy, Paul reminds us that the Scripture stands out above all other writings. When we leaf through its pages and immerse ourselves in its message, we get the DNA of Jesus under our fingernails. While the scriptures are writings, they are, Paul says in verse 15, sacred writings. Writings set apart, unique, holy. As such, they have the power to make us holy as well. This is what Paul is saying when he goes on to tell Timothy that these sacred writings are able to make you wise for salvation. Interestingly, the Greek word here translated as able to has the exact same root as the Greek word for power. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Bender talked about how we are equipped with power to share in suffering. And here, Paul reminds us once again that we are given that power through God's word that God's word actually is that power, the power to make us wise for salvation. In many ways, Paul is repeating here what he wrote to the Christians in Rome in, in chapter one of that letter, where he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. So, what does this mean? Well, just what it says actually that, that through God's law and God's gospel given to us in the scriptures, God works salvation for us and in us. These sacred writings are able and powerful to make us wise for salvation because they tell us of how Jesus came for us broken sinners and rescued us from sin and death by his death. And so you might say, as our vicar did, as we were talking about this as a pastoral team, that that we are equipped with Scripture, which proclaims the gospel. And that gospel, that good news about Jesus suffering and dying on our behalf, saves us. In fact, this is the main purpose and function of Scripture, and its central focus always to lead us and point us to Jesus and to his cross which he endured for you. This message isn't just any message. It is a message that has the power to give eternal life. Because it is the message about the only one who has the power to give that life. And the amazing thing is, in some ways this message is actually one and the same with the messenger. Because in verse 16 we read that, that all scripture is breathed out by God. The Greek word here is theopneustas, which aside from being really fun to say, means literally God breathed. How much more seriously might we take the scriptures if we thought of them as the very breath of God, bringing us to life just as it did Adam on the sixth day of creation. Every word inspired by God, spirit and life, warmly exhaled upon us for our present and eternal good. That word inspired, by the way, that we often use to, to talk about the scriptures literally means having been breathed into. And so if scripture is breathed out by the living God, then, then you better believe that it's going to be profitable, as Paul says in verse 16. Do we treat it like this? Think of it this way, if your financial advisor, legally of course, gave you rock-solid information on a sure-fire guaranteed investment, would you use it? Well, of course. Why wouldn't you make a profit when the opportunity is just right there waiting for you to do so? You wouldn't let it sit around and, and go to waste when I mean, you could benefit so greatly from it. So, are, are you putting scripture to use Or are you letting it sit on a shelf somewhere? This can be a pretty convicting question for us and and a healthy one for us to consider and and especially to act upon. Scripture is profitable, so let's not let it go to waste. I think at least one reason that we sometimes do let it go to waste is because we're maybe not entirely convinced that it is that profitable for us, really. Really? Or at least we're not exactly sure in what way it's profitable, and for whatever reason, we're not too eager to find out. But what exactly is Scripture profitable for? Well, that gets us into the next section of our outline, what Scripture does. Paul tells us Scripture is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So, first of all, Scripture teaches. It teaches us what is good. It teaches us what is true. It teaches us the full counsel of God, something that Paul refers to again and again in these pastoral epistles as doctrine or, or as teaching. The whole of what God wants us to know and cherish and guard and live out. Scripture teaches and it reproves It admonishes us. It calls us out when we fail to live up to God's goodwill for his creation. It shows us our sin and our brokenness so that it can drive us to the love and forgiveness of God in the cross of Christ. It snuffs out every false idea that we have about God. It gently chides our unwillingness to suffer for our faith. But scripture doesn't just reprove It also corrects. Scripture doesn't just tell us what we're doing wrong. It shows us how to do and live rightly. In other words, it trains us in righteousness. It gives us practical, on-the-job training in how to live the Christian life in the middle of this broken world. Getting us more and more in tune with the graciousness of God who has given us his own righteousness. When we had none of our own through the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so because as God's redeemed people, we have been made righteous through Christ, we are enabled to serve him. In fact, Paul says in the next verse that we are equipped with scripture for every good work. This is where the title of our series comes from, this verse, and the idea that scripture equips us with everything we need to be competent servants of God. It specifically equips us for the good works of teaching, reproving, correcting, and training in righteousness that Paul has just talked about. But that's not all. God uses scripture to equip us in an exhaustive, all-encompassing way. Through his word, he has given us everything we need to do every good work. This shouldn't surprise us. The breath of God is a powerful force. So if this is what scripture does, equipping us for literally every good work, what do we do? Well, Paul actually gives us several instructions on on what to do. And the first is in verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, Equipped with scripture, then, we continue in what we have learned, grateful for and and confident in those who have taught us and persisting in their instruction through scripture. Pastor Kaiser did a beautiful job of reminding us of that last week as he talked about his parents and grandparents and and their influence on his faith growing up. This also means that that we never stop learning, not after we're confirmed, not at a, a certain stage in our life once we think we have it all figured out. This means that we never take God's word for granted. It means that we live by the word, that we immerse ourselves in it daily, that we refuse to let our ears itch and to be led astray by teachings that sound and feel really good but have no basis in the word of God. It also means that we do all of the things that we've already looked at a couple of times that Paul lists in verse 16. As God's people equipped with God's word, We do what his word does. We use his word to teach, to reprove, to correct, to train in righteousness. First ourselves, and then others. We make use of this profitable tool and put it into the service of the one who has given it to us in the first place. Now what all of this really comes down to in the end is Paul's three-word directive in chapter 4, verse 2. Would you say it with me? Preach the word. Now, Paul was writing to Timothy, a young pastor, and so in its original context, he was specifically talking about the public proclamation of the word through the office of the Holy Ministry. In fact, this phrase, this verse, is the official motto of our church's seminary in Fort Wayne. But Paul's charge here applies to every single one of us as well. We all are called and chosen to proclaim God's word to the people in our lives where God has given us inroads to share his message. At work, in our extended family, with that friend of ours who's really struggling with something right now. You are equipped with scripture. To proclaim the gospel. You have been taught and made a part of the story of God's grand rescue of the world. So that you can bring others into that story as you share it with them. Earlier I said that in some ways the message of the gospel is one and the same with the messenger. And here that is especially true. Because when Paul tells us to preach the word, he is especially speaking of the word of God who was made flesh for us. Paul wants us to proclaim in every way possible the full counsel of God, but he especially wants us to proclaim the gospel. Preach the word. In other words, preach Jesus. Now Paul goes a little bit further into this. He says to be ready in season and out of season, to reprove and rebuke and exhort with complete patience and teaching. So as we do this, we, we should be ready when we're expecting people to question our faith, and when we're not, when we're at work or at home or or out for dinner or on vacation, we should reprove and rebuke and exhort when it's comfortable to do so and when it's not. And by the way, whether you feel ready or not, whether you feel competent or not, you are. Because you have been equipped with Scripture to proclaim the gospel, you don't proclaim the love of Jesus on your own authority or or by your ability alone. You do so with the confidence and the help and the power of Jesus. Paul closes our text by reminding us to to be sober-minded, to endure suffering as uh, has been a constant theme throughout the letter, to do the work of an evangelist, as he's kind of been talking about here, and to fulfill your ministry. From this point, Paul will close his letter by by talking about how he has fulfilled his ministry, and Vicar Garcia will pick up on that theme next week as he talks about how we are equipped with determination to finish well. In the meantime, I'd add to the encouragement of, of our other pastors to to read through Second Timothy once or twice again this week, to immerse yourself in God's word, to, to treat scripture as the holy, profitable, powerful writing and breath of God that it is. The book above all books that proclaims Jesus as king above all kings. And as you reflect on what scripture is, what scripture does, and what we do having been equipped with scripture go out and proclaim the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God which transcends our understanding guard your hearts and your minds in and through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.